Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, Kenny from Creaticals. Welcome to NFP. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Really yeah, appreciate you taking the time, man. Especially early this me. morning on a on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, I'm into the morning recordings now. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Are you a morning I like, person? I like to keep my evenings free. Not by nature, no. By, you know, requirement being, you know, that I have to teach normally. I I force myself to become a morning person. If it were up to me, I'd probably be up at like three in the morning. What about you? Are you, oh, a, wow. are you a night owl? Honestly, I feel like I feel like I'm a bit of both. It really like I, I can shift one way sleep. or another. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's another way of putting it. <laughs> it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really bother me as much. Um, I like the mornings because you wake up and there's no one around and you can just be hyper productive, um, mm -hmm. and you can start your day off the right way. And I feel, I really feel like when you start your day off the right way, it like, mm -hmm. it really makes a difference in the rest it carries of carries through. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, in the evenings, yeah, everyone's asleep, so there's no one around. And so you're <laughs> I do wish I only needed like an hour or two of sleep. It's just the kind of stuff that I could do. But I've often said, you know, if humans only needed a couple hours of sleep, we'd all be working like 20 hours a day probably. Yeah, yeah. That's, so it's not uh, necessarily that's a, better. It's a deeper problem that, you know, is another conversation. <laughs> Speaking of working 20 hours a day, it, what's the work pace at, like with the uh, creaticals right now? Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> you know, like I, I think it's like with any other project um, mm -hmm. and it, just a little bit of background on myself. I've been an entrepreneur for a while now um, mm -hmm. and uh, built projects both inside and outside of the crypto space. Uh, always had a fondness for uh, the creator space. We built a platform a while back um, that lets creators uh, monetize interactions with their community mm -hmm. um, by answering questions for a set price. Um, and, you know, the, 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 this is the same sort of team behind Creaticals uh, okay. that we're working on. But like, um, yeah, and so what I mean by that is essentially, right, like on the surface level, you know, whenever you talk to an entrepreneur, everything sounds like, you know, oh, this is amazing. Everything's great. But like in the background, yeah, like there's, there's, there's different degrees of um, issue tracking, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got problems that you know are going to happen. You got problems that kind of come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think we're, we're at the final stages of doing that now. And so we're, we're pretty excited because our roadmap right now um, gets us to uh, test net launch in around uh, probably like July 20th. Okay. So that's right away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, wow. that's coming up and it's been, okay. it's been a while. So uh, we're really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, for the listeners, let's talk about what's the basic premise of Creaticals. I've read up on it a little bit, but uh, yeah, educate us. Yeah, so um, long story short, Creaticals is an app, a platform where buyers can go, collectors, and just uh, request custom NFTs, mm -hmm. essentially like flipping the script, right? Because like what we see right now in the space is there's a lot of amazing art, a lot of people creating amazing works. Um, but in order to really, you know, benefit from that monetarily, you have to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a brand like master, right? You have to know social media, you have to know how to play the game. And honestly, like, not all artists know how to do that. And mm. that's, that's not a knack against the artists or anything, right? But like, 
I don't I don't know they should need to know how to do that right like they're, right, they're right, great right. At it is a do. whole other job it's yeah. an entire additional job promoting it is yourself. no joke like these yeah. artists that I talk to they're just like on Twitter 24 7 doesn't matter when I ping them they're always like they're always there and you know you talk yep. about one or two hours of sleep man like I feel like <laughs> creators have the hardest job these days on it doesn't NFT hurt me space. that I'm completely addicted to Twitter <laughs> <laughs> i can't get off twitter that's my problem <laughs> that's a good thing though i mean like it sounds like there's a lot of interactions with you right so that's that's good <laughs> but anyway no the um, point being yeah. like you know obviously the whole marketing side that's not necessarily what everyone every artist wants to spend a large amount of their time doing so with creaticals you're kind of looking at making that work for them yeah, so you know we're, we're we're flipping it around such that we we help people with identifying where the demand is, mm -hmm. right? When collectors come and I say, you know what, it's um it's actually it's actually my little brother's birthday today, right? And so like one of the things I can ask for on Criticals is, hey, I would really love like a unique NFT to celebrate my brother's birthday. He's you know now eighteen, he's turning into an adult. He just got accepted into college. He's going to the West Coast. Right, and put in some of this basic information, and just let the creator community go at it. You know what um, just occurred to me with you saying that is how much better that experience would be than what I get on Instagram, where I get these <laughs> messages from scammers who are like, "Hey, my brother is getting married, and I'd love to commission an artwork from you. Just download this ser file." <laughs> With... <laughs> Wait, what? You don't get DMs like that, do you? I do. <laughs> I do. Well, they don't say just download this SER file. They don't say that. <laughs> okay. They'll say, hey, you know, are you... no, this is a big problem. I don't know if you're aware of this. This is a big problem in I crypto know. art. That Instagram seems to be where it happens the most. But people are kind of going uh, on Instagram and looking for artists who are kind of rising, you know, in the industry. Um, and you know, like for example, this sounds braggadocious. I love that word. Donald, <laughs> uh, the first time I ever heard it was Donald Trump. And I was like, is that really a word? I'm like, Holy shit. I learned a word from Donald Trump. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. When I, I, I was trending on known origin recently and because of that, Congrats, then people's, man. yeah, I know I was very excited. So then people come out of the woodwork on Instagram and they start sending you messages and they're scammers. All right. And huh. what they want to do is they want you to download a file that's either an executable file or a script file. And you open it and boom, it compromises your computer. It compromises your MetaMask, all that stuff. Sometimes it's a keylogger. Sometimes it just locks things on your computer, whatever. And then they clear out your stuff off of your wallet. This is an ongoing that's... problem. Huh. I, I, I've known about like... Um like commissioning being a problem from the sense of like, you know, people don't really want to pay you or people right. are, sure. um, it's hard to negotiate a price, but I, I, I didn't know that it's gone to this, this level of, um, sophistication. Yeah, but <laughs> when I'm hearing what you're saying now with creaticals is an artist who's looking for, you know, it's not quite the same as commissioned work, but kind of that idea, this could be a much safer avenue for them. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think at the end of the day, it's all about user experience, right? And like mm -hmm. we, the the other platform I was telling you about that we built a while back, uh, where where you know creators can monetize interactions with their community, right? Like, 
it's not like you couldn't do it, right? There are ways to do it, but they're not perfect in the sense that you have to manage everyone's questions. You have to be able to provide refunds at certain times. Sometimes mm -hmm. people are scamming you and all this stuff, right? And so like just, just creating that sort of experience where people can go and, and, and find the demand uh, from the community. I think that's what we're building. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think like the biggest, the biggest like interest from our side is definitely the creator community because like we are looking for amazing talent to join mm -hmm. us. And, you know, like you said, it's not really commission based at first, although, right. uh, you know, just a sneak peek, we are introducing commissions okay. um, as, uh, as a second uh, feature. And, and the reason why we're doing this is because like, you know, um, I guess kind of linking with your like known origins story, right? Like there's a lot of em uh, emerging artists and there sure. are also a lot of really talented artists who just don't have that sort of, um, I guess, entrepreneurial side to, 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 to like brand themselves. Right. Um, but at the same time, their, their talent shouldn't be like, you know, diminished. Um, mm -hmm. And so we wanted to start the platform off as a way for uh, a collector. Let's say I go, I ask for my brother's, um, you know, birthday piece and I get maybe like 10, 15, 20 submissions. And from there, now all of a sudden I've been exposed to all of these people's art that I haven't heard of before, right? right. And maybe I like one or two of them. And um, so as a next step, once we do introduce commissions, like I, as a collector, I already know like who I want to go to, right? Instead of just like randomly DMing people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it, it, I think from our platform, it just, it makes sense as like a second step. Can we talk about that, that contest experience? Like how is that working from the creator side and from the, the collector side? Can you talk about how that process works? Yeah. So, um, I mean, from the collector side, the experience is very similar to if you were just to commission digital art on a platform like um, Fiverr or okay. uh, Upwork or something. And so you go in, you uh, you put in, you know, information about what sort of commission or what sort of art you want. And uh, you put in some type of deposit. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that being some set amount. And that amount gets locked into our contract, right? So there's no like taking back. And that's with your um, token, is that correct? No, no, no. Um, it's actually with um, right now we're we're doing um, ETH, uh, okay. Matic, and oh, then okay. um, we're also looking at Dai because uh -huh. uh, we want to be able to provide stable coins as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, people have options. And uh, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be confined to our token. Of course, okay. people can use our token too. Right. Um, but that being said, right? Like, um, yeah, the user comes in and let's say, for example, I say, okay, I want something for my brother's birthday and I'll put in like, I don't know, uh, 0.3 ETH uh, mm -hmm. for this. And then I can set the uh, number of winners for this contest. Uh, and so I, I can make it a single winner, right? Just one person wins that 0.3 ETH or I can set it to 20 winners, 25 winners, right? Uh, and everyone that I select gets an equal allocation of that amount. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I just create the contest and then on the uh, NFT artist side, right? Um, you're, you're browsing through our main page where you see all these requests come in, you see how many people are submitting and you see like uh, how many winners are being taken as mm -hmm. well as how much time is left on the contest. And so as an artist, you, you can kind of, you know, strategize in that sense that, okay, you know, maybe I'll go after the ones that aren't very heavily contested. Uh, they have a fair amount of rewards 
and uh, their their time is almost up or something like that, right? Um, and I think this is a moment for you as an artist to not just you know create something, earn some money, but also like really show your talent, show your niche, right? And um, and and I guess that builds into the future relationship of the commissions. Um, but you submit. There's a time limit. Once the time limit is up, the buyer goes in, looks through all the um, looks through all the art, selects the winner or winners, uh, and then the contest is over. Hmm. In the event that the um, artist, or not the artist, the collector doesn't select uh, any of the winners, but you know all, all the artists put in the time and effort already, um, then what we do is we actually we we use those funds and we put it back into um, the Creaticals uh, community pool. And so the community pool is actually where like all the transaction fees on the platform go, all of the funds that you know people have uh, just left on the platform by not choosing winners, uh, et cetera. And all those funds are redistributed back to token holders. Okay. Um, but the thing is that like 50% of our tokens need to be, uh, I guess, minted, mined, um, you know, very pretty similar to like Rarible or other platforms. Right. Um, but like in order to mine that, you have to be a uh, an active participant in the community. Again, like Rarible, right? Mm -hmm. um, so so like our, our hope, our goal is to make sure that most of these tokens get into the hands of creators who are active in our community such that, right, they, they start generating this sort of passive income as well, whether or not they're actively creating art in that moment. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, you know, obviously, you know, if you know about Rarible's wash trading woes in the early days, you know, where you'd have people purposefully just passing uh, pieces around. Is there something there to kind of keep an eye on that in your system or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be pretty manual at first. Right. right. Um, and yeah, it was with know, Rarible I, as well. Yeah. And there's, I don't think there's like a perfect solution to it, but I guess, mm -hmm. you know, the, the question about the Creaticals platform now is essentially, right, like you, you've got all these platforms available that have such high, um, I guess, attendance, right? Yeah. And, and so it's a question of like, where, where do people want to do it? Do they want to do it on, um, do they want to do it on Creaticals or do they want to do it on other platforms? Uh, where their, I guess, wash trading could be a little bit more obfuscated. Um, right, because there's going to be higher visibility on your platform. Right, especially because like the 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 artists are looking at each of the, um, I, well, I guess not each of them, but they're looking at um, the the collector's requests and they're right. seeing the amounts, right? And so if you have you know, uh, usually you're browsing and you see like anywhere between like 0.3 ETH to one ETH. To, right. So it's like know, 100 three. ETH for this. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then some artist appears out of nowhere and goes, yeah, yeah, I got this for you, this stick cat. They're like, right. so deal, <laughs> you win. The, <laughs> kind yeah, of it's obvious, pretty, right? <laughs> it's fairly easy to identify the wash trading there. So <laughs> I don't know if this is the perfect platform for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. No, that makes sense. It's true. Something like Rarible, you can kind of have stuff getting swapped around a lot more easily. That's because of the formatting of it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so basically, when the creator, I mean, when the collector does that commission, is that some kind of escrow system then? Where Or how does that work with them committing their funds? Yeah. So in order to actually submit a request, you have to, um, you have to deposit the, uh, the reward amount. 
Right. So, so, you know, you know, it's a serious offer right off the bat. There's no question of, okay, you know, um, there's this person's just saying, show me your art and then actually has no interest in buying it. Right. You see this on Twitter all the time. Right. Exactly. And so in the event, right, right, like I mentioned, in the event that the artist does ask for like something for like, you know, 0.5 ETH, but then never actually selects a winner, that 0.5 ETH just gets redistributed back into the community. So the, um, the collector has no incentive for faking an offer. Right. In fact, they're penalized for faking an offer. Right. And so is that work on like a timed contract then, or how does that work? Yes, it does. So um, when you when as a collector, you can actually set the uh, um, you can set the expiration date of each of your requests, right? Okay. So I I'll I'll request this, you know, let's say this was a week ago, <laughs> my brother's birthday was a week ago, then I would just say, okay, you know, the contest ends on his birthday, uh, and then on his birthday, I would log back in, select the winner, and then um, yeah, that's that. But like if if I never log back in and select the winner, um, then that those funds just get redistributed hmm. it seems to me like it'd be a really good discovery tool for collectors uh i i guess like could you elaborate on discovery tool well i mean for collectors who are trying to discover new artists trying to kind of see you know who's on the horizon that they're interested in it could be a really good tool for that for them if they put out a contest and then they get submissions they could see oh these people i'm really interested in their work yeah, definitely. I think that's I think that's part of um well, I guess that's one of our key goals, right? Like at the ultimate the 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 foundation of all this is like how do we maximize the creator's experience on our platform, right? Like mm-hmm. ma- help them mint tokens, give them passive income, give them as much I guess quote unquote exposure, right? Cuz like exposure people in the creator community kind of scoff at quote unquote exposure. Um, but yeah, yeah. if it's good exposure, it's still good. Um, and so, you know, how do you, how do you try to maximize that exposure to a community of serious collectors? Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it is, hmm, yeah, there is always that challenge as an artist to get noticed, to be seen. Right. And you know, if you're on somewhere like wearable, like, it's virtually impossible to, you know, stand out from the crowd for anyone who's entered recently in recent weeks or months. Yeah. There's just such a huge supply, like you said, of artists. Exactly. And then um, that, I guess that kind of goes to um, our um, one of our launch campaigns. Um, mm-hmm. And we're actually working with quite a few um, crypto projects right now. Okay. And so... You know, in the crypto space, uh, even outside of NFTs, DeFi, everything, projects are looking for NFTs, right? They're they're always commissioning NFTs to give back to their community. Mm -hmm. And so we're working with some of these really large projects, and I can't get into the names right now, but um, the goal is for them to request those NFTs that they want through Creaticals. And so now, all of a sudden, the entire creator community can see all these requests transparently, right? And so instead of... Because, like... You know, I've worked on other crypto projects before, and it's it's just a weird process of like, okay, I need an NFT. How do I get that NFT? And so even for like me as a crypto startup, it's it's hard for me to find the right NFT artist, right? I I, I ping 
investors, advisors, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know these people, those people. And then like we connect and, you know, ultimately it's a good experience, but is it the best experience? Well, and I'll right? tell you Maybe from there's... a creator side, if you were to say ping me and say, hey, I'm interested in getting art from you, I would be highly suspicious because it's so often <laughs> there's all these scammers, right? And yeah. I probably would disregard your message. Like I literally, I literally delete messages daily from people perhaps this like is you why you're addicted to twitter 80 percent of your activity is deleting things <laughs> <laughs> no but and i'm sure this is true for many creators where and i get messages on telegram and whatever else where they're like hey you know could you make art and maybe some of them are legitimate but i can't take mm -hmm. that risk of do you know what i mean of exposing yeah. myself to vulnerability sre like files <laughs> yeah yeah so i i'm just like sorry block delete i don't block them i just delete them telegram seems to be the one where i'll get the ones where they're just like hi and i'm like hello <laughs> question mark and then they're like where are you from I'm like what the heck? What? <laughs> why are you asking me this they're just bots or something i don't know but it, oh, i really? guarantee you that many many creators are in the same boat where they don't have that means to connect with legitimate collectors in an easy and safe way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think having this sort of system in place where the deposit has to be made uh, mm -hmm. and that escrow account, the owner no longer, or the, the collector no longer has control over, right? That creates that trust, definitely. And then, um, yeah, I mean, going back to the, the one of our launch campaigns with these sort of crypto projects, it's, you know, on the one hand, you know, the artists are making, you know, a bit of money. But um, mm -hmm. on the other hand, it's it's also exposing their art to communities of Twitter followers of like hundreds of thousands, right? Mm -hmm. So like that's it'll be a fun little launch pad there. Yeah, for sure. So I gotta ask you, and I don't know what your answer to this question is. I gotta ask you, what's the royalty situation? Um, royalties, as in the uh, the fees? Well, for an artist selling their work on a platform. Normally, if I sell an artwork on, say, Rarible, I'll get 10% royalties if it's resold later. Oh, right. Market. Or uh, on Known Origin, it's actually even a little higher. It's 12.5% royalty, which when someone sells my art on the secondary, I'm happy, right? Because I'm getting paid again. Yeah. Is there any such structure in Creaticals at this point? Currently, no. But oh, that no! being said, right, like... I, yeah, I know. I I, I think like, I understand. A, it's it's it's. I'm just telling you right now. That's something you know to consider. It's yes, I, and I think we should definitely that. we should definitely consider that. And I think I would love to have a deeper conversation with you about that because mm -hmm. right now, like the the phase one of our project, the goal of these NFTs, right, like are are not necessarily to be uh, resold. So okay. in the immediate short term, right, like this, this, um, this idea of having the, um, um, having the, uh, oh my gosh, forgot the word, <laughs> but it, it won't be there at the beginning, but that's royalties. not to say that we, we can't, yes, royalties. It's not to say <laughs> that we can't have them in the future, but, um, because like, for example, the use case I gave you, which is like my brother's birthday, sure. right. And this is a, an NFT, a piece of art that's really personalized. unique to him. Yeah. 
Right. And so like the, the idea of like someone reselling that, I guess it didn't really occur to us yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I can um, understand where you come from with commissioned work. I mean, it's almost like commissioned work, right? Right, right. But I'm just saying said, as an artist, like people... it's a concern. Yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, like even as a collector, anyone can go on the Creaticals platform and just request something that they do want to resell. Right. In which case, the, the royalties would definitely well, uh, particularly if it's where they're first discovering an artist. Okay, like if you mm. look at say somebody like say Ghost Cowboy, he's like way up there in known origin just now. But that mm -hmm. that's someone who, in the NFT community, was not well known just a few months ago, right? And so there were people who spotted this artist. I've chatted with them a little bit. Um, they're going to be on NFP. Uh, nice. <laughs> But in the early stages with the early work, right, that artist would be a royalty would be an issue because their early work might not have sold for very much because they weren't well known. Whereas now, oh. now that they're kind of emerging, people are interested in those earlier pieces, you see. Yeah. So those That's... early pieces might have sold for 0.1 ETH or whatever. And now that same piece might sell for 1, 2, 3 Ethereum or you know ether yeah and so that artist would miss out on all of that um increased value without royalties right you're absolutely right something to all consider right. it's it's probably not going to be on our test net but i'm going to try to push for this for mainnet yeah <laughs> you'll get a lot more artist engagement if there's royalties there i'm just being honest nice okay thanks for that yeah for sure so let's talk more about what's what's going what's in the what's on the pipeline right now. What are you guys working on with this right now? I mean, it's coming up. Yeah, soon so at lunch. yeah, we're so everything's set up. We're just trying to make the um, I guess the user interface as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've honestly gone through quite a few iterations of the user interface that we just sure. weren't completely satisfied with. But I think the version that we have right now is going to be something that's dead simple. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're we're still pretty confident on our uh, July timeline. Um, I like the aesthetics. Yeah. There's a picture of it on the uh, creaticals.com uh, website here that shows underneath read our white paper kind of shows an example of what it might look like. Is that up to date? Yeah, it's it's actually improved a lot since then. So okay. it's a good good point. We should probably update that photo. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, we want to yeah figure out how to uh, best best broadcast the the this new interface. Sure. Um, yeah. And another thing I'm seeing here is that transactions are on Binance Smart Chain. How is that working then with people purchasing things that are in Ether or Matic or whatever? Right. So actually, we are first launching on Ethereum and uh, Polygon. Okay. And um, you know, we're we're keeping Binance in mind for the future. I think from our earlier iterations, um, mm -hmm. we have thought about Binance first. Okay. Um, but then as we kind of looked at the population of like the creators and the buyers, then it, it made more sense to be on top of Ethereum, but yeah, with Ethereum, Ethereum is gas fees, at, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. But like with the gas fees, uh, and, and they have gone down now, which is great, but at the same time, right? Like even, you know, maybe like $5 for you and me isn't too big of a deal, but like for some artists it could be. So we do want to be mindful of that, um, which is yep. why we're also, uh, launching on, uh, Polygon. Polygon is a wonderful solution, in my opinion. Yeah, it's great. Super fast, super cheap, and yeah. Well, and the nice thing as a creator, too, for me, 
is you're still oh, yeah. in that Ethereum ecosystem. Definitely. Right. So mm-hmm. that that again, as a creator, I'm sorry, but I prefer that. You know, it's just nice to kind of keep everything within that identity. Yeah. So actually, I guess you know, my my question to you as like a creator, like, what was your first experience jumping from Ethereum to Polygon? Like, were you were you hesitant about that at first? Um, you know, I actually haven't even purchased or sold anything on Polygon yet. I will. I will. Um, I've got too many things on the go. I've just, I'm too busy already as it is. So I've stuck with Ethereum. I've had success with Ethereum anyway. Um, I did do some stuff on Tezos when mm. that was kind of growing in popularity with Hicket Nunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still find myself more attracted to the Ethereum. It's where I'm established. It's where people collect from me usually, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <clears throat> I could see myself going to Polygon, though. Um, I know that it's with uh, some platforms that I've involved with. I'm involved with. It's kind of a, a good option. So, yeah. But I, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Hmm. I tend to be yeah. uh, a little bit hesitant to do big changes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like yeah. being on the cutting edge, but I also like watching what happens to other people on that cutting edge before I try myself. <laughs> Interesting. Is that bad? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just like differences in perspective, you know, like for myself, I, if I were, uh, I guess, naively put myself in a creator's shoes, the way I see Polygon would be like, okay, this is like a, a new arena so everyone's kind of starting from square one, mm-hmm. which means that maybe I'll have a bigger opportunity to like get a bigger brand for myself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but that, it's that all timing though, right? Naive. Like for example, in my ex- experience <laughs> with the timing of like these gas fees were ridiculous. Well, I happened to be working on some collaborative pieces that were taking most of my time. And so I really wasn't minting very much. And mm-hmm. it was fine because minting was ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And now again, I've had more time to create my own stuff and fees are relatively low. Now, if it comes to a point where I really want to create stuff and mint stuff and fees are stupid, that's when I'll look at something like Polygon. Gotcha. It just hasn't coincided for me because right now Mm. minting isn't bad. It's seven, eight, maybe $10 or something like that right now. Yeah. um, I think, I, I guess like, from your perspective, have you seen a lot of uh, your artists, colleagues, like jump onto Polygon? I have seen a number of them. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some of them selling for. Well, they still call it Matic for some reason. Oh yeah, I think that's the token, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, um, they've changed the name, but um, but do you see I've them like jumping them. back now that ETH gas fees are lower? Um. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've observed closely enough to make that judgment. I know for myself mm-hmm. that's the case where I feel more free to mint again. And I was gotcha. using like the lazy minting on OpenSea, but I do prefer the actual minting. So I've gone back to that because gas fees are lower. Mm-hmm. So then there's not really much reason to do the lazy minting. Yes, the lazy minting is nice because it costs me nothing. But I've found that collectors are hesitant to buy stuff from my lazy mint stores. I don't sell as much. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're harder to Any sell. Any idea? Well, 
Well, I mean, they do have to pay the mining fee then. I mean, they do have to pay the minting fee then, right? When they purchase on the sure. minting storefront, they're also paying the minting fee. So that's a disincentive. But also, I think the way that it's um, the metadata is saved is a little different. So that might also discourage it. I'm not sure. You can freeze your metadata now on OpenSea. So you can do that as a way to kind of make it more permanent. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, in terms of you're saying the interface is new, that's coming up. Like, are there yeah. previews of that anywhere? Is there anywhere we can see that? Like on your Twitter or? Um, well, actually, it's 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 live on the internet, but we're just not showing people because we're trying to save it all for the launch date. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I thought maybe you were giving sneak peek somewhere or something. Oh, uh, yeah, not yet, not yet. We're still trying to iron out some bugs, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I just wanted to ask you a more personal level here. What what got you to this point here? Like, wh what brought you into this space? Um, I mean, I guess a combination of things, right? Like myself and and even the the team that were um, that's behind Creaticals, um, we've been in the crypto space for a while, just in general for crypto. Like, um, I personally, I I started mining back in like 2013, and oh, then wow. okay. um, yeah, Doge, and, and then. Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, too bad, man. Should have been mining Doge. You would have made a killing. <laughs> I know, right? But who who knew, right? Who knew it just took one figurehead to uh, change the game. Um, <clears throat> but then, yeah, I got together with uh, a few of these friends, right? And like we started a uh, uh, or built out a Bitcoin options trading platform back in 2015. Oh, wow. And so that's how we got into the crypto space. Um, and then, like I mentioned, right, I worked on this other project called Worth It, which is uh, where, you know, creators can go and interact with their, um, I guess, community and mm -hmm. answer questions for a set amount. Because at that time, I started kind of um, blogging in the space, uh, okay. in the crypto space. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I got a lot of DMs like you. Um, right. And mo most of them were questions, right? Um, mm. People wanting to know more about crypto and all that. And a lot of those questions were kind of repetitive. So I felt like, okay, like as like a, 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 I guess, blog creator, this is starting to get a little bit inundated. Um, and so I, I wanted to figure out a solution to that. And so that's, that's what we, why we built worth it. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, okay, I'm going to give you three guesses. Mm -hmm. All right. Like based on what I told you about worth it, what, who do you think is like our largest um, creator base? Wow, I'm, I'm not sure. Largest creator base. Hmm. Like, what do they do? <laughs> Jeez, I have no idea, man. Okay. Well, I, sorry, I can't even guess. No worries, because like what ended up happening was like totally unexpected of us too, right? So like we, we had formulated these certain hypotheses of like profiles of like different creators that would do this, right? One is like bloggers who get the same questions about things. Another okay. is like YouTubers who probably do like uh, DIY tutorials or something, right? Because oh, like okay. they probably okay. get a lot of questions. And then a third category might be like online educators who have students that are always oh, asking okay, okay, questions. Okay. Um, the, the largest creator base that ended up forming was astrologers. What? Really? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so people was... were wanting like tarot readings and stuff like that or like yes. uh, horoscopes? Yes. And... 
and, oh, wow. and the, huh. the thing about that was like sorry tarot isn't not... actually astrology is it or is it they're connected aren't well they? i mean they're they're very mixed yeah, yeah, yeah. like th- at least that's what we've seen um and it's not like people aren't doing online tarot readings or astrology readings but before worth it the way that they did it was like if i'm an astrologer i would advertise myself somewhere and then people would come and then they'd have to pay me through paypal Uh, And then they'd have to ask me a question and then I'd have to find the time to respond because their question is usually emailed to me and maybe it's buried in my emails. And then if I don't, you all have to trust each other all along the way. Exactly. All these trust stages. Yeah. So it's not like it's not happening. It's just happening in a very sketchy way. Yeah. And so then it there was a platform that made it happen in a way that like both people can just trust the platform instead of each other. And then it happened. Right. And so like, you know, with our sort of experience building worth it and building on crypto and now looking at NFTs and we're seeing the same sort of problem with creators in the NFT space. And so we're just like, you know what, what if we created in a way that they don't have to necessarily trust each other the whole mm-hmm. time? They can just trust the trust the smart contracts. That's the beauty um, of it, right? Yeah. 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 Huh. Okay. So you built this platform. Worth it was not like uh smart contract platform though no that was no. more like a centralized platform where you kind of controlled things exactly and, so and this... i go ahead oh sorry i, I was just going to say it, it I, I guess it goes back to your point about timing right like mm-hmm. when we built worth it um the timing wasn't right at least not from our perspective mm-hmm. to do it uh in a decentralized manner right and this was probably around the whole 2016 probably around like 2017 ICO craze. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, what we saw was like people bought all these tokens, mm-hmm. but no one ever used the tokens. Everyone just kind of resold the tokens, right? Yeah. And so like there wasn't there wasn't usage. There was only kind of buying and holding and hoping for so, potential future results, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so we figured that if we launched as a decentralized platform and tried to use our token, right, people wouldn't use our token they would just resell our token. And so why ask these creators who are not on, um, you know, who are not in the crypto space to adopt crypto um, rather than just giving them the user experience that they're used to, which is like, you know, third-party integration with like PayPal or Stripe or mm-hmm. something. And so we went in that direction. But now that the NFT community, like everyone just lives and breathes crypto, right? It totally makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, we're in a different place now in terms of readiness to use those tools. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing how things have changed in these past couple of years. For like sure. People, yeah. you know, like, I'm, I'm, do you remember your first wallet transaction? Oh, man. Like, just sending crypto somewhere and it's like, where did it go? <laughs> I remember just my mind being blown that there wasn't some central bank-like, you know, entity making it happen yeah just and, that it was it just, just a peer-to-peer happens. thing just was amazing to me yeah it's like um what do you call those torrents like mm-hmm. torrents but money money torrents <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah no i remember just being fascinated with that but i also just my heart being like up in my throat anytime i had to send anything <laughs> anywhere because back then of course the network was I don't know, if 2017, you know, Bitcoin was being attacked with all kinds of spam and, you know, even just sending Bitcoin was ridiculous. So, yeah, everything was 
I mean, I don't know if that feeling ever goes away, you know, every time you have to copy this random alphanumeric string, yeah, it's true. <laughs> paste it in and just send it. There's always that, that little voice in the back of your head. Like, did you copy and paste the right thing? Is there yep. some sort of like virus on your computer that pasted in the wrong address? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is. A, it's still a nerve wracking thing. You know what? I do still wonder about that sometimes in terms of the fragility of those addresses, you know, like, you know, my identity is tied to that address. Right. And yeah, yeah. Over the course of time, it becomes this bigger and bigger honeypot. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I guess that gets into the whole issue of like on-chain privacy. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole different conversation and one I'd love to get into, but um, <clears throat> ultimately it's like, you know, the analogy here is if you, if, if I wanted to check your bank account right now, I'd have to basically commit identity fraud, right? right? I have to get your username, your password, your email, your, your uh, first elementary school, your favorite high school teacher, right? Um, <laughs> you know, all those and... things they ask you on Facebook that people voluntarily submit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, so I, I'd essentially have to go to your Facebook profile and then I can pretend to be you. <laughs> Pretty and much. Then... <laughs> And then I can log into your bank account and like view your assets, right? But it's totally different on crypto. Everyone, anyone can view your assets, I, right? Like it's people true. just paste in your wallet address on Etherscan mm -hmm. and just see everything. And it, it's it like on the one hand, yeah, it's not that much of a problem. Well, maybe it is to some people, but like most of us don't really feel it because it's still such a small space right now, yeah. right? But like every single transaction you make and activity you conduct on chain is another data point that's like fully public. Right. And like, we're, we're already scared of like Facebook being the, 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 the gatekeepers of our data and, you know, Cambridge Analytica, but now Cambridge Analytica doesn't even have to go through Facebook anymore. Right. Oh. Five, 10 years from now, they just view your data on chain. It's, it's pretty scary. Um, it is a problem. Yeah. Cause on the one side you want the transparency, right? but you also want the privacy and how do you reconcile those two right now? I personally, I feel like layer two is where that can happen, where we can have more private solutions for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, that's a but little, getting off topic. on chain privacy. <laughs> I don't know. That's tricky. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, there's a lot of privacy solutions out there, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, How about you? Are you yeah. a collector or a creator? I am a collector. Okay. Um, and I've been actually starting to use the official uh, Creatacles account for some of my uh, collection. All right. And okay. as part of that, where do you right, usually like, collect? OpenSea. OpenSea okay. is just like the, um, for me, it's like the, the, I don't know if Sam's Club or Costco is the Sam's right analogy, Club. but like, it's just you find everything you that you from like all the different actually no it would be amazon right it would essentially mm -hmm. be the amazon of nfts yeah, that's a better sense that you can find all the things from like all the different places right. um and so it just the, the 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 user experience there is just it just feels simple um, I, I love OpenSea. yeah and then um yeah i i love just sorting by like the newly minted and looking for like some creators that just want some you know, exposure and then just grabbing an NFT and just like tweeting about it. You know, that's, yep. I think that's, that's more fun than collecting the NFT itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, 
I, I have a number of open sea storefronts, but I do like that lazy minting, you know, um, what do you think of that? Or do you, have you ever bought lazy minted pieces as a collector? Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't know if like, um, there are certain like indicators when you're buying, if it'll tell you this is lazy minting and you're paying for the minting fees, but I don't, I, it does I'm explain sure that you say that. It does explain why sometimes when I buy certain NFTs, I'm like, why are these gas fees so much higher? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're minting it. Yeah. There you go. That's hilarious. Now, now I know. <laughs> Interesting. Now, even as a creator, I know I have one store where it's not lazy minting, my primary storefront on OpenSea. That's where I, I pay the minting fee. Um, and then I have about, I don't know, seven or eight collections that are lazy minting stores because once you have the one i can just make other collections and those are just free minting right they're the mm. they're the erc 1155 whereas the original storefront i think is a 751 mm. i think that's the gotcha difference. yeah i think that's I, the I, difference I, yeah and i think on the collector side open c doesn't really or, or either either the gas fees, I just hit them at the wrong time, or <laughs> OpenSea doesn't really tell you that it's it's lazy minting. Now I want to kind uh, of see where there are indicators of that because yeah, I don't know if there are any really clear. Even as a even as a creator, my stores look the same. They look yeah. the same. Okay, when I go to add an item on the lazy minting storefront, the only difference being I just sign for it on my wall. It's just a signing, right? But if I do it on my ERC-751 store, then of course there's a fee. Hmm. But there's nothing in the interface that's telling me this is lazy minting or this isn't. Right. As far we as I know, maybe out. somebody listening can can uh, say, hey, actually, no, you can see it here. I don't know. Oh. You should send me one of your lazy minted storefronts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try uh, it out and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> Get to yeah, the I'll, here, I'll just pull one up here in a second. I mean... What? Why not? Right? It's interesting. I I've never really thought about it. I'm curious. Okay, so I'm gonna um I'll send you the one that's not my lazy minting first. Okay, let me just find this a second. This is interesting. I've never experimented with this. Okay, let's see if you can see the difference. Okay. So here's a link to my ERC seven fifty one storefront. Okay, <clears throat> and now I'll do it from one of my lazy minting ones, okay? And you see if you can see a difference. I'm really interested in this now that you say it. Very, okay. <clears throat> now on this particular lazy minting, I've sold a few pieces, like four pieces, not a ton. All right, so now what you have is the first one where it's decline. That's my 751 storefront. And then the second one's one of my collections is Beauty and Corruption, where I do a lot of female figures where I glitch them, paint them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I've kind of stuck with that theme there. My original decline is a complete mess. Uh, no unified theme whatsoever. It's zombies and beautiful women and Charlie Brown and the Muppets and all kinds of crazy stuff. 
<laughs> so can you see a difference? Um, visually, I don't think so. I'm clicking on make an offer right now and nothing's really popping huh. up. Very but interesting. I'm also trying on mobile. From... Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if it's different on desktop. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very curious. You know, it'd be interesting if one of the listeners, you know, would share if there is a visible difference between them where you can see that you're on a lazy mending store or that you're on a, an ERC-751 store. Um, wait, Beauty and Corruption is your lazy minting one, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, all it says with trading history is minted from null address and listed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I click buy now. You don't actually in. have to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I feel pressured too. No, no don't. Uh, don't I'm just trying to see pressure. what the... Okay, um, they both have the... minted from null address, whether or not it's from from that or not. It's It looks the same on the history to me. The history looks the same. Um, token... I. Mm, Okay, let's see what this is. Ah, I think I may have. Oh, here's an interesting difference. Okay, if you look in the details. Okay, ah ha ha. In the details of my storefront, the token ID is tied yeah. to my, if you look on the decline storefront, the token ID is just a little number because those are just the tokens assigned to my name right mm. and the metadata is centralized you see that whereas if you go to the beauty and corruption one the token idea is some huge number because yeah it's issued to i don't know exactly how it works but it's not it doesn't work the same way and the metadata is editable so for example you could purchase the art and i could change it i could alter it interesting that's that's Whereas cool. in the case of the decline store, those are like immutable. Those are already minted, you see? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if if you're looking into the details, then definitely you can you can piece together the evidence. But mm -hmm. that to me seems like the one place it. where you can see it is if you look in the details, you can see the contract address, the token ID, and you can see that it's it's different. Huh. Huh. I've never really thought about that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really today. thought about it too, but I learned why the gas fees are very variable. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, literally you're paying for it to be minted on the lazy store. Yeah. Account, right. Uh -huh. So that's, that's the difference. Huh? Interesting. All right. Hey, maybe let's wrap things up with, um, you know, what's going on here in the next week or two. So people who are listening can go, Oh, okay. I should check out what's going on with Creaticals here in the next little bit here. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we're launching around July 20th, uh, mm -hmm. testnet and like one of the, it's going to be an incentivized testnet. So, um, definitely people who are participating will be receiving, um, you know, our tokens as well as the fact that, you know, while, while some of these, I guess all of these sort of, um, NFTs will be essentially minted on testnet, you know, maybe not to super high effort, but, um, we will be sending out like USDT rewards and stuff for creators oh, nice. as well. So okay. yeah, definitely, definitely want to not just get like free work minted on a test net that's useless. <laughs> um, and awesome. you know, there's uh, a lot of people who just like experimenting. Yeah, yeah, um, but but definitely want to definitely want to remunerate. 
get remunerate and remunerate. It, they're yeah. so confusing, but remunerate, um, yeah. compensate, remunerate for for the time. Yeah, um, and then we are, you know, we we definitely want to start off with a small um, creator community in uh -huh. the in the sense that like um, we we want to scale up the creator community with the number of requests. Okay. Um, otherwise, right? Like if we have too many creators uh, all coming in at once, and there's only one request then you know it's it's not going to be beneficial to all the creators okay. want so to how are you how are you benefit. curating that creator group then what's how's that happening um i think like right now we're just uh we're just letting people in until probably a set amount i see uh, and okay. then we're we're going to be like we're we're going to allow uh new creators in uh based on the amount of uh requests that are pouring into the platform Okay, uh, so, so sort of if I'm ratio. a creator and I want to join the platform, what do I do? Connect your wallet. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there's no application, right? We're not like trying to judge who's a good creator and who's not because okay. like we're not, well, I don't think we're the right people to do that. Um, okay. And it's really just first come, first serve. Um, mm -hmm. And then once we see that there's enough supply, then, or one, once we see there's enough like collector demand, then we'll open it up more, right? Because like at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that, you know, when creators are creating things, they're they're maximizing that opportunity to like get as much as possible. If we have like a hundred entrants for like one request, then, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So the creators can join this platform. Which date did you say that was? Uh, July 20th. July, we're coming up right away. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, exciting, wow. Uh, anything you want to just share at the end here to kind of wrap things up? Anything you're particularly excited about with this? Um, I mean, a lot of things I'm super excited about with it, but, sure, uh, I think, you know, just to, just to wrap things up, yeah, I, I definitely hope that, you know, the listeners, the creators, uh, you guys try us out, um, and give us as much feedback as possible. I think even on this call right now, we're going to be doing a royalty system. So thanks a lot. <laughs> That's, yeah, so definitely open. You got to have royalties feedback. in there. You got to have royalties yeah. in there. Yeah. This was a huge missing piece we never even spotted before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, maybe that can be of some benefit to people, including yourself. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for uh, talking and uh, I wish you all the best of luck with this coming up here and uh, don't get too stressed out. Try to get some sleep in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Darren. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll be checking it out. All right. right on. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.